Hey, welcome to this episode of Hollywood Breaks. We are true Hollywood today by all being on our cell phones talking to our agents while waiting for the show to start. We don't know what we're going to talk about, but please enjoy this episode. Tim, how was how was your weekend? Did you have a good, nice weekend? I did. Lovely. My uh, brother from um, uh, younger brother from Wisconsin came out to visit, and we uh, did a ton of fishing. Ton of fishing. Oh, nice! Wow. <laughs> Killed, <laughs> killed the yellowtail. I got a. You don't hear that food. that often in uh, L.A. these days. I was like, wow, that's such I a L.A. Visit, story. We did a ton of fishing. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's that's the midwestern uh, version of uh, visiting L.A. Oh yeah, we <laughs> had to set up my brother from Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. yeah if right. you don't say my brother from Wisconsin, it doesn't make any sense. If I said, right. yeah, Keith and I were hanging out the beach, we did some fishing. People be like, what? be like, what? Where were you? Oh, L.A. Huh? You mean surfing? Like nobody fishes in the. He actually started his own uh, fishing guide in Wisconsin. He does both ice fishing and lake fishing in the summer and river fishing. It's called wow. Heindel's Fish Tales. If you're ever in the north woods of Wisconsin, uh, look him up. He'll hook you up. We're getting to right. plugs this early in this show. This is incredible. <laughs> I'm coming hot. I'm coming hot. <laughs> This episode a, brought to you by Heindel's Fishtails. <laughs> Isn't that a great name? Like your next best fishing story awaits. Right? Yeah, I love like, it. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, oh, did you come up with that tagline? Is that the tagline? Oh, come on, man. Free charge, too, that was. Yeah, nice. Good for you, man. <laughs> wow. That's years in research are paying off. <laughs> maybe you can ship them some Founders Brew and they can uh, be drinking Founders Brew. Oh, maybe I will once I start brewing it. <laughs> Oh, is that you haven't started brewing it yet? No, it's not a brew. God, <laughs> it's not real. It's not really beer. <laughs> oh, I see. It's some sort of illicit substance. You can't talk about yes, it. Right. Shh. Can't talk. First rule of Founders Brew. We don't talk about Founders Brew. All right. <laughs> I, think, I think I think Founders Brew is what's ha- ha- happening in Keith's mind. He's brewing and he's trying to figure I'm out. Brewing. Okay. Yes. What that's exactly going on. It's all in my head. Got it all upstairs. All right. You gonna talk about anything in the movie space today or no? I think so. That'd be really nice. Uh, it's a really yeah, quiet day. Sense. Yeah. What's going on in movies? I don't know. I haven't heard much lately. And you want to see the Marvel movie this weekend? I heard the Marvel movie did. What's Marvel? Really... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kicking ass. Kicking ass. All good. That's all good news. What's your What's your over under, Tim? Do you think it's gonna break too? Yeah. Although if I if I was like like um, putting line, I'd put the line at one fifty. And let people play with it because I think it's that's a uh, it could nudge above that or it could you know that's still a ton of money that's still a ton of money I don't know how widely accessible wait what was the opening where were we so far in the opening for it was thirty six last night thirty six last night yeah Spider Man was fifty yeah wow so it could be anywhere in between yeah I think Tim's right one fifty is probably about the median and it could go either way based on you know how much people are enjoying the movie. Yeah, you know, and whether or not they really need feel the need to see it, but I'm I'm going to tell you I was uh, I was in Hollywood for the last couple of days. I drove down La Cienga, um, Beverly Center, gigantic poster. <laughs> Doc, what's his name? Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Is, yes. is there, and I looked at that. And I was like, I think I already saw that movie in Spider Man, and then I never. Mm. That's it. Like, I interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure that's what the story. I, I think I saw that storyline, and I now I now I'm, now I'm like, oh, they just teased this movie, and I don't know. I was kind of over it as soon as I saw that poster, or I guess it, I guess I saw a billboard. It wasn't a poster, but 
Well, Tim, I don't think a lot of other people are going to the movies really share your view on that particular film. <laughs> I, <know, laughs> I hate I, to break it to you, buddy. No, 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 no I, 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 I get that part. And I think people are going to the movies because they want to go to the movies. I mean, we've been talking about this for two years of, are people going to go back? And now all of a sudden they're like, no mass. It feels like summer. People want normal life. And this is the greatest excuse of like, oh yeah, before the pandemic, there was Marvel movies. Let's go back and, and do it. Yeah, uh, and Spider Man was great, so I'm not I'm not gonna say, but but I don't know if Doctor Strange is gonna carry a whole film for me. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna dive right into that one. I th- I, this might be a Disney Plus um, viewing moment for me. What did you guys think about Batman? We didn't talk about Batman. Have you, see, have you seen that? I did. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Oh, shaking your head. Really? Lovely. No, loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, loved it. Loved it. I mean, no. it'll never be. No, no one will ever beat Dark Knight, but. I have to say, I was impressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, I knew Matt Reeves was going to be good because I worked with him a little bit on apes and yeah. I knew he was going to deliver the goods. Um, it's just, I wasn't necessarily sold on Pattinson, but I know I was impressed. I, I, you know, the story, you know, the story was the story. I liked how they took some, uh, you know, some of the mythology and shifted a little bit, like not, you know, not making Thomas Wayne, not the sort of, perfect person that he's been portrayed in the past, like making him also flawed, like everybody else in Gotham. So that was an interesting take. I liked how they worked in Catwoman's character. Um, and Colin Farrell didn't even recognize him. I wouldn't even know that was him. Unless I well done the credits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it was well great. Done. And the sound design was phenomenal. Wow. The way they worked that theme in there. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. He's bumpy, right? Yeah, it was. I, there was a scene, the scene that where they, um, when they're in the Gotham Square Garden and he comes in and the windows all break out and the theme like starts as soon as he lands. <laughs> yes. I must have watched that like five times. I'm like, that is awesome. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to geek out there. My favorite shot is when he when he comes off the elevator and that strobe lighting gun effect. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So brilliant. Yeah. So yes. brilliant. Yeah. There were a lot yeah, of great sequences in that movie. Yeah. Well done, Matt Reeves. I know. I know. Good work. But do you guys agree with me? Like, do you think people want to get back to the film? I mean, Tim, you're releasing movies nowadays. So like, do, are you getting the sense that people are ready to go back and it, you can put things in the theater and fits and start in fits and starts, you know, it's still a, um, there's still a thawing, you know, it took two years to kind of like deep freeze that behavior of movie going right. And people like not um, considering it, but we're, I think we're seeing with each of these kind of subsequent now with Sonic proving and with uh, bad guys proving or sh- demonstrating, not proving that families are willing to come back now, and we'll have another, we'll see what, uh, um, if there's any kind of family audience this weekend for Dr. Strange, I don't suspect as much. Um, so this is going to be more of the 17 to 34 year old audience skewing Latin A that has been driving box office for the last, you know, over the pandemic entirely. And even, even before that, um, I think the next interesting title will be Downton Abbey, which is uh, only a couple Ooh. weeks away, which is going to be a big, I mean, if not then, if not that, then nothing for an older right. female audience, right? Um, yeah, it, it is. You know, the, the other interesting thing that's kind of happening simultaneously to this is that the uh, COVID cases are getting the incrementally kind of tick up, but the hospitalizations yeah. are are declining. So there isn't that sort of that sort of uh, same kind of dual relationship that I think triggers a like uh, reflexive resistance in people. And maybe, you know, I, I know speaking for myself, I'm just like fucking over it. Pardon my language. <laughs> no, dude, I was on an airplane last night 
I was on an airplane. No one's wearing masks. You don't think movie theaters are going to, I'm pretty sure that Crazy. filter or that, that reaction is becoming a smaller and smaller group of people. Yeah. And so now the burden, I think what we're transitioning out of is that like the, the COVID influenced hesitation to return is transferring into what I think um, like the, the entertainment consumer of now is uh, already spending a bunch of money because right? they are already yeah. knee deep in streamers and they're making more concerted value proposition decisions about going to the theater versus catching it at home. And that's even like, like independent of um, like day and date or similar, you know, releases like, like Warner Brothers did with the Batman. Um, I think it's, it's going to take like a, a continued barrage of good movies hitting varied audiences at least through the end of this summer before we begin to feel like things are approaching a semblance of normalcy. No, I mean, it's $6.60 a gallon in Los Angeles for gas. People oh. are already spending a lot of money. They're not, yeah. you know, a, a movie Jesus. ticket. They're like, uh, that or get to work. You know, that's <laughs> $6. Yeah. $6.60. It's not yeah. even $6. Like $6 would be, you'd be rushing to that gas station. Man. Hey, are you, Tim, are you walking everywhere? <laughs> I know. I, I have like, I have uh, in Uber or in, in, Uber, in the post uh, pandemic world, I haven't had a car for like six months not post pandemic oh wow my lease ran out and i live i moved closer to the office so all right so you can just walk tim's on one of those little birds he's all like no not that guy yes love it with my man bun and uh oh yeah you gotta have your man bun make sure it's nice and right at the top i know how that is gonna be burned into the scooter no, I think you're right. There is um, there is like a conservative effort to try to figure out where to spend the money. I'm just, I, I'll tell you what, if if this box office heats up like that you guys are talking about, 154 for Doctor Strange, the people releasing Mar- uh, uh, Maverick are going to be seen as super geniuses when that thing hits and they actually timed it right. Because to hold it for two years, anticipate it, to have the press that they have right now. But then if... If they make two hundred in, in an opening weekend, which could e- they could easily do, they're going to be seen as total geniuses. They could do it. There's a lot of there's a lot of push. You don't think so? No, I I mean I, I from what I it'll be his. It'll be Tom's biggest opening. Yeah, I think I, that's, that's conceivable easily. Uh, I know that from what I've heard, they're kind of struggling with women um, in terms of their tracking anyway. Um, because he's he's always had issues. Tom Cruise has always had issues since he jumped on a couch. We went to <laughs> issues with women. You're saying yes. Tom Cruise had we issues went, we, with women. What are you saying, the, Keith? Oh, what are Tom Cruise's issues? Are you trying with to get women? me canceled, Tim? Come on. I'm not. I'm just curious what you mean by that. I'm really. Yeah, no, I, I didn't say that. His his people are already hunting you. <laughs> yeah. David Miscavige is right in my front door right now, ringing the doorbell. No, what I'm saying is that ever since we and we went to this at night and day. Um, yeah, where that whole moment was really, it freaked a lot. And then, then there was the whole Matt Lauer thing. I don't want to get in the weeds and what Tom Cruise's issues are with women, but it was a difficult balance because women wanted to like him, but some of them were like, wow, is he stable? And there was this whole thing. And he's, I think he's kind of struggled to recover from that. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I agree. I think. Tim, yeah. you're right that I think it could be his biggest opening. I don't think it's going to get to 200 million. Uh, I've heard wonderful things about the movie, and it's great, and it's like a pure like theatrical experience. 
I think there's a lot of nostalgia happening with people being excited to see Mater- it. And the materials are badass. Like there's really yes. just two shots you need. It's like him taking yeah, it's off like the planes and taking off and him coming up between them. Yeah. I mean, that's I all mean, you need. And then, and then you throw in uh, Gaga's theme song and you're boom, done. It's like yeah. everybody's going to see it. I mean, I just don't think, I, I don't think 200 million. No, but I, I'm curious, Tim, because um, I don't know if you read Matt Bologna's, um newsletter, but he came out with a, a piece last night that is a very pessimistic view of where we are in terms of the theatrical experience. He, he cited a study that was done a few months ago. Um, and they, they had said that I think something around eight to 10% of the audience is lost forever in terms of coming back to theater theatrical. Yeah. And he followed up with that study and they said those numbers have actually ticked up in the last few months. So I'm wondering now, so I don't know if it's necessarily COVID or is it just the plethora of entertainment options and that combined with what went on in CinemaCon last year, last week, where they all pretended like everything was hunky dory. <laughs> no, I know. And you're like, we don't have to change anything. And now we're faced with this, like, okay, yeah, Marvel's going to do great. We all know Marvel movies kick ass. But what is that? I mean, is it really, I mean, really going to recover? Because some people are saying we're not going to be back to normal till at least 2024, 2025. And how many studios are going to be on sort of on their last leg by that point if we continue in this pace other than like disney or a warner Next, brothers who released their dc you know uni movies every now and then mm-hmm. is there a question that <laughs> yeah well i'm just curious like am i am i is that is that an accurate view or is it overly pessimistic i you know i have to guard again because i'm i'm i have a bias like an optimism bias that runs mm. very deep. And so I need to counter myself in my head before right. I speak. Right. So I'm having a conversation right now. Um, I think it's, I think it's too soon to tell, frankly, I think the glass is like the glass isn't half full, but it's almost half full. And it's going right. to take, I, I do agree though. That it's going to take all of this summer, all of the fall. It's going to take avatar. It's going to take like all of those big titles to get like, at least a multi-year, like a year trajectory or arc until we can begin to um, feel like the, the industry is fully back. And even I say even back, what does that mean really mean? Is it unrealistic yeah. for us to expect that the, like the pre-pandemic, even like theater counts and, and like available screens was just incredible, right? Insane mm-hmm. amount and a lot of empty screens on a lot of nights. So is this a, a part of a necessary contraction in the industry that um, is... I think for us at Lionsgate, where we're really, I feel really well positioned is that we have a um, combination of like tent poles, theatrical tent poles, not a ton, but we got them. And then we have a lot of titles that are kind of platform agnostic, that are quality films, right? High quality films, but they could go theatrical, they could go to a streamer. Um, and, we, and living, and as a content producer living in that space, I think there's a lot of confidence internally that we will uh, be able to keep our heads above water because we're not so um, dependent on any single one of those verticals, right? As a mothership of a company, which includes Star, Lionsgate TV, and the, right. um, the MPG, Motion Picture Group. So I think the balance of that is is to our benefit. But I think it's it, like I said before, it's although although you know there's so many there there are so many signs. You know, here there, there's a conversation <laughs> in my head. Like everywhere, everything all at once is a such a like chef's kiss of a movie that yeah. has reinvigorated mm. word of mouth. Uh, yeah. Word of mouth. I I that's all I've the only play, way I've ever heard of mm-hmm. it is word of mouth. 
It makes me want to see it word of mouth. It's going to have a very long tail yep. because yeah. of it. There, there is a cultish kind of opportunity that yeah. movies can hit right now. And I, to me, that's what's exciting about the, the current situation is movies are not being flooded. You're not being destroyed by um, tons and tons of films. And these indie films have been able to roll out and be seen. Um, and that's why I think in the past we've even said, like, is this the possible return of the rom-com? Because we don't have to be destroyed by Marvel movies only in the theaters and nothing else yeah. gets any weight to mm-hmm. it. Um, that's yeah. clearly a show there. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't want it to return back to what it was. I What we've said all along is it was already broken. This just gave us the opportunity to do something new. Let let Let's reduce the number of theaters that smell like bad popcorn. <laughs> And let's see, see if they can clean some of that stuff up um, but, or make the movie going experience very different um, than, than what it's been. That wouldn't hurt any of yeah. our feelings, I don't think. Um, but also, like, let's get some real stories back into the theaters. There has been opportunity to have dialogue and create pop culture understanding of a topic or an issue um, or even just even just rom-coms. It's like even just a basic date movie that doesn't have to, like, blow you away would be... A, all great yeah. opportunities for filmmakers today. Yeah. Well, let's say this. So uh, Massive Talent, is that what it is? Or Nick Cage movie? Because I, I think that's what it's really been known as, right? The Nick Cage movie. That's how I've been saying yeah. it. Yeah. When I saw the trailer in the theater, and by the way, I'm not a fan of Nick Cage. I'm not. My kid could tell you. They nailed that stuff. I'm not sorry. Really? Con- come on, dude. Seriously. <laughs> not sorry. Wow. You can't really beat him in The Rock. But when that when the the trailer made me a fan of like I'm a fan of the trailer. I'm like that's absolutely he's making fun of he's making fun of the person he is on screen, which is a person I don't like, which is the perfect movie for me to watch. I, I was like this is awesome. I got to watch this Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah. I, that's what I want to see. It's like I want Hollywood to take a step back and be, you know, focus in on itself because it's kind of funny. Like his his, uh, you know, starring in from Con Air to leaving Las Vegas and and having this tra- crazy career and have someone be a super fan. Like that's all really. That's a really funny premise. I really love that idea. Yeah, yeah. It was a chance for sure. You know, not, you know, if fortune favors the bold and um, the story for this film is yet to be untold because it is one of those like uh, it from, to me from the very beginning. It has it's had this eerie reminiscence to uh, the Big Lebowski in terms of it's like um, like the style of the humor. And once it like once you get it, like you can't get enough of it. I'm speaking personally, having gone to Lebowski Fest myself many times, most recently in 2013 in Milwaukee. Fabulous time. Man, costume. Wait, party, did you go fishing? Like, did you go fishing when you were walking? I did not. No, I did not. no. no. fishing for white Russians. That's our no, tour guy. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's got that kind of energy, you know. And I think that's it's a it's a, it was a bold it's a bold release for us, and I think it's it's an important step in uh, Lionsgate defining itself in this marketplace. Yeah, you know, because we don't have an yeah. association. We, you know, and that's a double edged sword. I don't know if it's. It, I think it's probably it's probably better. We don't have an association with a particular genre or type of content that's really particularly strong in moviegoers' minds. So we have the, like the fluidity to sort of be a little bit of everything to everyone, but it's also like you know, focusing our bets, focusing our bets. Our slate strategy is really a, um, uh, a big conversation that's happening internally and where we see ourselves in the next like two to three years. So can you, I mean, don't get yourself in trouble, but 
what's the takeaway internally? I, I, you guys open strong or what's the, what's the overall takeaway from where you guys are now and what you want the film to do in the long run? Cause it feels like it's a long tail model, right? And you guys are a 360 thing. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause that's part of like, yeah, after we had our realignment, um, it was that last summer, no, couldn't have been the summer before we're now that there isn't, there isn't a distinct home entertainment division. It's like a one kind of holistic 360 right. approach. Right. So we see the title from, um, from beginning to at, at every phase of its kind of transactional lifespan and, um, and look for different signals along the way to help us determine if it's, you know, how, how things are going. So I use that as an example. because the last time we were talking, I think uh, Moonfall had just come out. Um, mm, and that yeah. was like, you know, we, of course we want, always want every one of our titles to do a lot more than it does. That goes without saying. But the story with Moonfall was not entirely told by its opening weekend, its theatrical run. It's being sort of continued to be told as it moves through its EST and VOD windows where it is doing extremely well. So it's a different, sure. like, it's a, you know, we're at, when we're at these, like you could say every weekend is another inflection point in the industry, right? In its own way. Um, <laughs> But this kind of inflection point I think right now is the uh, we're starting to see this original prop, these original products kind of bubble up through the uh, through the marketplace. We're getting more dense weekends with with more titles kind of packed in, which I think is a critical factor too in terms of getting people excited about coming back. So instead of just being like basically one movie right every weekend, the more the merrier, right? And the and the more yeah. that that invigorates that kind of theatrical um, environment. Do you? With that thought in mind, does it have to be a gigantic opening weekend in order to have the long tail success? No. Um, because films do roll up, right? I mean, well, Keith doesn't go to the theater anyway. You have to be at telling the score two months later because that's the only time Keith sees it on, on his TV set. But I'm just saying like, there, <laughs> but I'm also saying like, there is with the right title, like the whole idea of the Nicolas Cage movie, I can imagine it just being small little mo moments inside of different groups of people and like, Oh, let's just go watch that movie. Oh, that's hilarious. That's, you know, and be able to turn it on. Cause it is, has that kind of play yeah. um, that there. I, I I'll say like, I, I want you to say yes, like that you, you want that stuff. Cause I feel like Hollywood now has the opportunity to play that game and say, let's not just push everything on the first screen on the first weekend and call it a success. Mm -hmm. Let's mm -hmm. recognize that Coda won the Oscar after being rolled out on a, on a, uh, an OTT platform. And it got notoriety and word of mouth, um, everything everywhere. Again, like it might have a great long theatrical moment. I don't know if anyone anticipated that, but word of mouth did its thing. That's exciting to me that word of mouth has that presence now. Yeah. It really is. It really is. And it's because because it's who that word of mouth is affecting have been, I think, uh, audiences that have been the most sort of reticent to come back to theaters. So it's that chipping away at those, um, you know, remaining holdouts is really the, the mission. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of exciting that this hopefully means like a, almost like a, a reset in terms of how movies are looked upon. And it's not, you talk a little bit about, I think before we started, Tim, about how it's not just the opening weekend anymore. It's more about what's happening to the life cycle of the entire movie, Yeah, which is definitely a shift from where we were pre-pandemic, where it was the saying goes, opening weekend is the marketing partner's job. After that, it's the movie's job. Yes. Now it's just the movie, Just it's just a different game because there are so many different revenue channels that are now coming into play. Yep. That you can't just base it on those three days. Yep. 
or four days that happened. I had so many pay. There's all those pay windows and all of those deals yes. are just like gravy, right. gravy train. So you just got to yeah. focus on producing quality content. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, make good yeah. shit. Make good shit. There you go. Yeah. Or Coach Tom Rothman. <laughs> and give it give it an opportunity to play out in multiple fields over multiple time. I mean, as yeah. a studio to be known for something in a certain field. I think A24 does a good job of like has a roster of films and they're known for it. So then even the studio has a fan base because of it. Yeah. Because of the thing. Like Lionsgate has that same opportunity. We watch what comes out of there. We like what it has. You guys have a different pace than at Disney, but we'll take it. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the success of Paramount, just recognizing Paramount's just been hitting number one, number none. And that's from behind kind of a win there, but it's a, it's a smart rollout and knowing their audience and the, and maybe a little bit of luck, like the demographic change or the, the viewership opportunities changed and they've, they had the right roster to make that happen. So it's pretty cool. I, I think they, I don't know. I don't know. But I think they just hit it. I don't think they had much luck. That's a sharp team over there. A lot of former, not just because of, you know, we know a lot of people who work there and yeah, they're top end, top end. Yeah. Um, they're, 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 yeah, they're firing on all cylinders and they know how to roll out all their product. And it's kudos to them because they were pretty much left for dead. Yeah. <laughs> and now they've kind of had a resurgence. Yeah. Which really is great. great run. Really good run. Yeah. Uh, it's another Hollywood story. Paramount like, yes. every, every 40 years comes out with this, like, and, and the story, yeah, well, how's the story evolving now that, um, and I think this is of course a little bit of this is much to do about nothing, but the whole Netflix kind of nosedive, um, yeah, is a, is a, is that a hyperbolization of what actually is happening is a level setting. Like everything kind mm-hmm. of returns to a balance. Right. And so, yeah, rather than portraying that as a, the sky is falling <laughs> and this model is busted, everyone knew they were spending too much money. It was not. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody every, nobody thought this was going to go on forever. <laughs> it was not like a shocking revelation. <laughs> everyone was like, how the fuck, how the hell are they going to continue? Like $18 billion and yeah. Red Notice looks like something you would get from Redbox. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. There you go, Tim. See Crappy quality at Netflix. <laughs> ah, I love it. Our Tims are together on this. <laughs> the Tims are together on this one. <laughs> so it's a, I think it's an issue for them though. Yeah. Or a challenge, you know, yeah. and, but here, the other side of that coin, wait until the narrative changes when Stranger Things starts again. I mean, that's yeah. going to be like, oh, yeah. that's a sure. cultural event that is transcendent of platform. Arguably, yeah. I would say we'll have like, um, will impact theatrical like movie going. And that on the weekend, it's It's interesting you bring that up because um, Top Gun is going to be facing not only that Stranger Things, but also Kenobi premieres on Disney (laughs) Plus that weekend. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot. I I mean, we had Cammy on last was it two weeks ago, I think. Mm -hmm. And she said when they were when she was at Apple, she was or when she was at Paramount, she was concerned about. Um, Lost City of Gold, was that what it's called? Lost City of Gold. And Bridgerton coming out at the same time because, oh, that's my audience. Are they going to stay at home? And it, clearly they didn't. Uh-huh. But it's but with the double, the double whammy of Stranger Things and Kenobi, both which sort of lean on a nostalgia play, which is what Tom, Top Gun is going to be playing on. It's going to be interesting to see yeah. that all. It's Nostalgia Weekend. <laughs> It'll be a really interesting test case to see if if people are going to try to do both 
or if one's going to win, win over the other. Well, because is uh, is Stranger Things dumping the whole season at once? No, I think Netflix is done with that. They they do like I think like right, and that's what Obi Wan, that's what Disney will do too with Obi Wan. Yeah. So that that sort of nips. I think that nips a little bit of that. But yeah, that's true. I will have. I will have that viewing out of the way before the rest of the weekend <laughs> because it's a, it's a it's a fifty minute viewing instead of a six yeah. hour binge or whatever. Yeah. Six yeah. hour binge, right? Exactly. You could watch an episode and then catch the nine o'clock showing of Top Gun because everyone's going to be talking so, about it. Oh yeah, that's true. I'm going to be talking about it. I'm going to see it, Tim. Are you really going to see it? Yes, come on, absolutely. Are you kidding me? I love that movie. I think you're going to need to make him show a make him show a ticket stub. I will. I will take a picture of a ticket stub. I will tweet it out. I'll put it on my Instagram, and I'm going to say, "F Tim Thompson." That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> wow. I like this. I like the drama here. Can I can I help stoke this? Like a little behind the scenes. No, this is the sad part, Keith. You're going to beat me in this one because I think I'm in Serbia at a conference. Oh. When that when it comes out after two years of waiting, when it finally comes out, I'm like, no, I'm actually. Well, here's what you do, Tim. When they announce your name, you come out to Highway to the Danger Zone. You come out to Danger Zone <laughs> playing as your your walk in music. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's the way to get it. I'm gonna have to like watch a pirated version of it because so it's it's like in Romanian subtitles. I don't know what I'm gonna have to watch in order to. Get this. Yeah, you're gonna figure it out. I don't know. That's okay. I don't know if they speak Romanian in Serbia, yeah. but yeah, who cares. <laughs> <laughs> all right my friends i actually have to go there's there's uh, too much going on here and i feel like busy, my busy. Agent, oh wait my agent's calling hold on a second there i'll take the avocado toast on rye please okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm rye i'm <laughs> rye with my bubble tea <laughs> yeah is it is it poached egg poached or heart or poached uh, no i don't want that one Oh, I gotta love it. (sighs) All right. Treat as always, guys. (laughs) Good to see you, my friend.